0: Merry Christmas, City Light. Man, I gotta say, I always love Christmas Eve, but you get the Roberts and the Levitts up here and Yarden like strumming that banjo. I can get into this. Thank you, guys, and Arnie reading the Bible story. There's something about Christmas Eve that just draws you in, isn't there? Something that you just think, man, I wanna be there. I wanna be a part of something On Christmas Eve. I don't know what it's like for you, but I always think you know, when Christmas Eve comes around, I get this picture in my mind my family, my friends, they come together. We all gather together. People bring boxes wrapped in shiny paper, right? And then once all of those are loaded under the tree, then everybody bundles up and you get ready to come to a place just like this, to church, to go to a Christmas Eve service. And then when you Pack up in the car, you turn it to star 1045, and all those Christmas songs have been annoying you since Thanksgiving. They seem fitting, right, on that drive. And so they kind of set the moon on the way in, and there are all the twinkly lights hanging from houses that line the roads on the way in. And then you get here and you grab a candle and you find a seat, you crowd in shoulder to shoulder, because this is the night everybody wants to be at church and you find a seat among the church family and then we sing those songs to the baby made king and then you hear the story read and I don't know about you but you get a guy with gray hair sitting in a rocking chair reading from Luke 2. I feel like a kid again. I've heard this story dozens and dozens of times. I know what he's gonna say next but I still wanna hear it. This is the Christmas story, right? It's not the uh, poem about eight tiny reindeer, however that goes. It's not the movie where the kid's going to get his eyes shot out. This is the original Christmas story from the Bible. And you get to hear that. And I love it. There's something about a night like this, about Christmas Eve that just draws me in. Do you get there? Do you get drawn in on a night like this? Well, I think in part, I get drawn in because it's a good story. It's just a good story. My wife and I, we've started this thing. We love to read to our kids, and Sarah had this idea uh, a while back that we're going to read good stories to our kids. And so we read classic novels, and then we watch the movie. So we've done this with all kinds of, um, of books. We've done Peter Pan and James and the Giant Peach and uh, Mary Poppins, and the list goes on and on. But right now, we're in Treasure Island. You guys ever read Treasure Island? I've, I don't know how familiar you are with it. I wasn't that familiar. But we're reading through this book, and it's a good story. And just the other day, Sarah was reading, and as she was reading, um, this chapter had this fight scene And then it ends at the end of the scene. So kids, track with me for a minute. This is what happens in Treasure Island. There's a captain, a ship captain named Captain Flint. And he and his men are outnumbered by mutineer pirates. They want to take over and steal the treasure. And in the chapter that we just read, those pirates, they attack the ship captain and his men. And the battle starts with gunfire and it's the old powder guns and there's gun smoke that puts a cloud over the battle scene. And so all of a sudden you can't see anymore. You don't know who's a pirate and who's a sailor. And so there's confusion, and as they get closer and closer, the guns don't work anymore. And so they throw those down, and they draw their swords, and there's pirate swashbuckling and uh, fighting, and then they get close enough that even the swords aren't right anymore, and they do hand-to-hand combat. And the battle rages and the guns smoke. And all of a sudden, somehow, Captain Flint and his men overpower the pirates. They send them into retreat. And as they retreat, the smoke begins to clear. And the chapter ends with Captain Flint taking note in the captain's log of who has survived the battle and who was lost. So he checks through his excuse me, checks through his men, and the chapter ends like this, Jim Hawkins, dot, dot, dot. And you may think, well, what does that matter? Who's Jim Hawkins? Jim Hawkins in this story is a boy sailor. He's a young man on an old man's adventure. And so my son, Asher, he's seven. He loves Jim Hawkins. This is the guy that he relates to. If he was in the story, Asher would be Jim. And so when the chapter ends, Jim Hawkins, dot, dot, dot. How does Asher respond? Mom, we can't stop reading now. Is Captain Flint going to find Jim? Is he okay? What happens next? Can we read another chapter, please? Don't stop now. Why does he do that? He does it because he was drawn into the story. He was caught up into it. And when you get caught up into a story, you don't ever want it to end, right? Isn't that what good stories do? It's not just books. Movies can do this too. I remember when I was in high school, I went and saw The Matrix. Uh, When it first came out, I went with some friends and my brother We watched the show, and then for a few hours afterwards, we battled each other, right? We were like dodging bullets, you know, and all that kind of stuff, bending the rules that were programmed into the world around us, right? It was awesome. We wanted that reality to continue even after the credits rolled. Have you ever been there? You ever get caught up into a good story, get taken out of your world and put into a different one? You ever been there? I love that feeling. I love being drawn into something. Now, I'd say the problem with Treasure Island is that eventually Asher could beg and beg to read another chapter, but eventually you come to the last one. And then you close the book And you watch the movie and you got to find another story because that story ends, right? And no matter how much you love the movie and you wish you could be Neo or Morpheus, eventually you realize I can't learn jujitsu in a couple minutes. And if I bend too far backwards, I just fall down, right? I can't be those guys, No matter how hard you try, every movie we watch, every book we read, every story we tell has an end. It closes. You can get drawn into it, but eventually you're pushed out of it. So tonight, I want to submit something to you. I want to offer some good news to you. The Christmas story isn't like that. The Christmas story is different than Treasure Island. It's different than The Matrix because the Christmas story doesn't end when Jesus was born. The Christmas story keeps going. Tonight we celebrate and we get drawn into the beginning of the story. Jesus, God made flesh. He came into this world to an unwed poor teenage mother in a dirty forgotten barn and angels and a star lit up the sky so that a few wise men and a few working men could make their way to the manger that's where arnie stopped reading but that's not where the story ends It doesn't end when the angels appear. It doesn't end when the shepherds visit. It doesn't end when the three wise men show up. It's not over. That's just the beginning. And I wanna show that to you in God's word. So look at me, the words will be on the screen. In the book of Matthew chapter one, this is an angel speaking to Joseph, uh, Jesus' earthly dad. This is what the angel said. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Did you catch it? The story didn't end. you see it in what the angel said? The angel said, Mary will bear a son and he will save his people from their sins. Mary will deliver Jesus, the baby, and he will one day grow into a savior. She would endure the cursed pain of childbirth, labor and delivery, and then Jesus, the baby, would grow up into a man who would overcome that curse for her and everybody else. The one who was delivered becomes the deliverer. It starts with a baby who grows into a savior. Do you see the story doesn't end when Jesus is born. There are more parts than that. Tonight we celebrate the story of Jesus' birth because it's the beginning of the great story of salvation. That Jesus is still writing today. And so I, I ask, what do we know? What do we know so far? We know that the story begins with Jesus' birth. God made flesh, came to dwell amongst us. And we know in the end, Jesus will save us from our sins. Sin is destroyed. It's wiped out. No more. But what about the middle? What happens In between that, we sit here tonight somewhere between the beginning and the end. We're middlemen, right? Does the angel say anything about that? Does the angel say anything to us? We know that we want to look back and remember Christmas story when Jesus first came, and we want to look forward to when he comes back again. But does God have anything for us today? Is he doing anything tonight? What does he have for middle men and women and children like us? I think he has a lot to say, actually, and I think we can see it in what the angel said to Joseph. Uh, If we look again, the angel said to Joseph, um, she, Mary, will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people, his people. The angel didn't say that he would save all people from their sins, the angel said he would save His people from their sins. And so we know that in the beginning, God became flesh. He was born into this world at Christmas time. We know that in the end, he's gonna wipe out sin. What's he doing right now? He's gathering his people. He's calling his people. He is drawing people into his story. Now listen, I said earlier that the Christmas story isn't like Treasure Island or the Matrix. Those stories open up, they draw you in and then they kick you out. We're done. There's no more. I said the Christmas story is different. It's not like that. We can get drawn up into the Christmas story and then Jesus offers us a part He gives us a role. Do you see that? Um, Asher loves Treasure Island because he relates to Jim Hawkins, the boy. Asher's a boy. Jim's a boy. Jim goes on an adventure. Asher and his little friends make up all kinds of adventures in our backyard every day. He connects to that character, and that's what draws him in. I'd ask tonight, what draws you into the Christmas story? What drew you through these doors tonight to sit in these chairs and hear this story? Maybe you relate to one of the characters, right? Maybe it's the shepherds for you. You're just a working person that works hard every day. And like the shepherds, you would love to have some angel break the monotony and give you some good news. Amen. Are you there? Maybe you're like the wise men. You're a thinker and a learner. You have some notion, some distant thought that there's probably something bigger out there. And if I could just have clear direction, if somebody would just show me the way, I would go anywhere to find out what that thing is. Maybe uh, you're like Mary and Joseph. You've loved God and followed him since you were young, and whatever call God would put on your life, you would follow, no matter how crazy it might be. Maybe you're like King Herod. You say, I don't buy into this superstitious, religious kind of stuff. In fact, I don't know if that's good for people, for the world. And so I'm not just opposed to that. I'm going to fight that. Maybe you relate most to baby Jesus. If that's you, we need to talk after the service, okay? <laughs> uh, we, we might connect to any of those people. But let me tell you something. Those roles were already cast. They might be a type of a person that you can connect to. You might say, I can learn something about myself by looking at those people, but you will never be that person. Somebody already walked those shoes. Their story has already been told. We don't get to enter back in. And so what, what do we do today, tonight? What is God doing? He's drawing a people to himself. He said he would save his people from their sins. That's our casting call. The role that's open for us tonight is Jesus person number 680 billion. You get the idea, right? That's the role that you or I get to take tonight. Are you ready to take that? What would it look like to take that part? Um, In one of the most familiar passages in all of scripture, John wrote, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that's Christmas. He sent his son Jesus into the world. That whoever believes in him, that's the casting call. Would you do that? Will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's being saved from sin in the end. Do you see it's the same thing? Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you take the part? This is God's story merging with our story. They are intertwined. The book has not closed. The credits have not ruled. How could you take that part? It's simple. It boils down to a simple question. We see it in John three sixteen. Do you believe that Jesus, the baby born 2,000 years ago, can and will save you from your sin? How do you take that part? You believe that Jesus can and will save you from your sin. Do you believe that that baby actually was sent on the mission that the angels declared? Do you believe that? Do you believe he's still on that mission today? If so, we believe in Jesus. And then I would ask, are you willing to live like you believe it? Are you willing not just to, To cognitively say, yeah, I believe those words, but would you live like you believe it? Would you let it change your life? Like Doug talked about earlier, following Jesus changed the world. When the angels uh, showed up and declared to the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The shepherds wanted to hear more. And the angel went on and said, uh, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And you know what the shepherds did? They got up and they left their sheep and they went to see the baby. It changed their world when they followed Jesus. He is a life, eternal life giving, sin crushing, self sacrificing savior and he wants you to be one of his people. And so I would ask you tonight, are you one of his people? Will you be one of his people who he saves from their sin? You can answer yes tonight. Listen, that's the reason for the season. Make no mistake, the reason for the season isn't giving gifts. It's receiving the gift that God gave us. The reason for the season is not goodwill toward men. It's responding to God's goodwill toward us, right? The reason for the season isn't random acts of kindness. It's responding to the intentional kindness of a cosmic king who wrapped himself in flesh so that he could one day save you from your sin. Jesus came on a mission. When he was born at the first Christmas, the story didn't end. It goes on today and we're invited to be a part Of it. And so tonight we're celebrating the beginning of an epic story. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to sing more songs. We're going to light candles. We're going to eat cookies and drink hot cocoa. You're going to go home and open those gifts that are wrapped in shiny paper. You're going to see more lights and hear more songs. It's going to be awesome. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I pray that as you do that, We will do all of those things knowing that we're not celebrating a story that's ended. But we're looking back on the beginning of a story that God's continuing to write and he's offering us a part in it. That's a reason to celebrate, amen? Amen.